Hey guys, welcome to the Seven Figure Box Podcast. My name is Andrew Frezza, and today's topic is tips for new gym owners. And I wanted to cover this topic because it was an idea that came from the CrossFit Affiliate Owners Facebook group, um, where someone had asked, what is, what is specifically your couple best tips, three best tips for new gym owners out there? And I answered it on the, the feed there, and I wanted to use this podcast to elaborate on my answers and also provide some additional answers that I've thought of since then that I would kind of add as honorable mention answers. Um, and when I thought about this question, this is stuff that I've, I've actually told friends of mine that they need to do who are recently, have recently opened up gyms. And it's also stuff that I thought about from the context of if we were to start back up with CrossFit Palm Beach and start from scratch, how would I attack things differently the second time around? So hopefully this is really helpful to you guys, especially for the new gym owners out there, but even for you guys that are a little bit more experienced who are still trying to evolve your gyms. So my number one tip for all gym owners and all new gym owners especially is to hire a mentor or a business coach. I think we all need someone that's gonna call us out on our bullshit. We all need someone who's gonna shine that mirror in our face and let us know when our actions are not matching up with what we say or what our goals and our aspirations are. And one example for us was um, we, when we started with the coach a little over a year ago, one of our goals, our initial goals, was we wanted to get to 500 members. And this coach was able to clearly show us that we were saying that we wanted to create this and we, we said we wanted to aspire to 500 members, yet our drop-in policies and our cancellation policies and our hold policies said otherwise. And we had a lot of systems that just weren't in place to, they were barely holding on to what the current membership, which is like, what was low 300s, mid 300s at that point. And we were essentially bursting at the seams to um, handle the, the day-to-day issues. So he was able to show us just where we could systemize stuff a little bit better and it was great to have that that uh, that mirror shine in our face to show us what we were saying and what we were doing just wasn't lining up. I also think a coach is great for showing you how to prioritize and spend your time. And you know, as gym owners and, and entrepreneurs, we have a million ideas that we that we could have going at any given time. So it's really great to have a coach to tell you, hey, you know, what are the best ideas? Where do you need to put your time into now? And what are the ideas that you need to save for down the road? And then once you get those ideas narrowed down, that coach can keep you accountable and make sure you actually get those done, you know, on a weekly or bi-weekly or monthly basis, whatever the, the structure is that you have set with them. And they're also great for setting that example, you know, just be able to have someone else who's been successful in that same area that you want to be successful and they're providing this path to follow. It's very powerful. And on top of that, they're able to reassure you that you're not alone because I know when you're starting a gym and even after you've been open for a while, you hit plenty of rough patches are going to happen. And just to have someone who's on a similar level to you that you can vent to and, and troubleshoot issues, it's very, very powerful, um, especially from that mental and emotional standpoint of keeping you excited and engaged in your business. So we're gonna go on to number two, and the number two recommendation that I had was to read the book Traction and to set core values and a 10-year vision for your business. And the reason I love Traction is, it's first of all, it's a very detailed system. 
that any small business can run. But the main reason I love it is because I feel like we've done a terrible job of implementing it into our own business and it still has worked wonders for us. So Traction kind of went along with a business coach for us in terms of uh, really treating our gym as a real business rather than um, a lot of just just makeshift systems and policies that we had. And I specifically picked out the core values in the 10-year vision because I think the 10-year vision is great for giving you a why that you can revisit each day. It really helps pull you to your goals and, and get you through some of those tough times. And then the core values are especially powerful for helping you make key decisions, especially hiring. And this is where it's, it's most key is that when you begin to add people to your team, you know what you're looking for, you know, um, you know what to tell them to look for in the members and you start to um, create an extension of yourself of people that value the same things that you do. Um, there's other things in the book that are very valuable as well. Um, one of the things that we really like is the concept of 90 day rocks, which is 90 day goals. And they suggest that you never want to go more than 90 days without revisiting your goals and your priorities. Um, we've actually worked more in like a 180 day timeline that's worked for us. So like I said, there's a lot of things in this book that we've kind of messed up. We haven't done it exactly the way it should be. The meetings are another one, but even the few things that we have implemented for our business have been game changers for us. So I've actually talked to a bunch of other gym owners that kind of feel the same way where it's like they haven't been able to do everything in the business or in the book traction, but the things they have applied to their business have been tremendous. And then the third one that I posted on uh, the Facebook group, my third recommendation is to charge more from day one. And mainly this is because a lot of gym owners undervalue themselves. I think we did it first and continue, I mean, continue to do so till this day, but for the first couple of years, especially where our prices were at, we definitely undervalued ourselves. And But the biggest reason is just the numbers have to work. And most people are setting up a, a membership rate or personal training rates or nutrition rates that just don't work in the long run. They work if if you as the sole owner also wanna do that thing as a job, like if you wanna own, coach, do social media, do cleaning, do everything yourself, the, the profit might be there to support that. But most of us don't wanna do that long-term and can't do that long-term. We're just gonna get burned out. So it's just creating a membership level and, and pricing in a way that the numbers will work long term so you can eventually grow your team and you, you can value yourself in people's mind because the biggest thing with price is that I think most people don't understand it's it's more relative than it is absolute and once you establish a relative value in people's minds they're gonna think that that's what you're worth and if you charge $99 per month People are gonna think you're worth $99 per month and once you increase to 119 or you wanna charge 150 for something, they're gonna say it's a lot. Whereas if you start at a $200 price point or $250 price point, people are gonna value it a lot more. You're gonna get a different type of person inside the gym and you're, you're just gonna get less customer service issues, less complaints, and you won't need to raise your prices. Each sale is gonna be worth it to you because you know the margins are there. And a lot of times we set up our businesses where we we just have to chase more and more members and a sale's not even worth a lot to our business because there's no profit built into it. And we need to have that in order to have a sustainable business. 
So those are the top three. Those are the three that I posted about on the Facebook group. There's a few others that I think are just honorable mention stuff that I kind of thought about since then. And, and a lot of these are how I would attack our business differently if I was starting again today. Um, and the first one was hiring someone specifically for administrative or front desk work and cleaning right away. Um, we were lucky enough when we first started, uh, both my brother and I, our wives were helping out in the business with mainly those two th specific things like getting contracts set up and getting them into Zen Planner, all that good stuff. But then they both got busy with their own businesses and we kind of like lost them over time and we never had a clear uh, structure system for doing the front desk work and the administrative work and the cleaning. And it would have been great to have that uh, off of our plates a little bit earlier on. So the biggest mistake that I made and, and I think a lot of gym owners make is we hold on to some of the simpler and more repetitive tasks and then we try to delegate the more complex tasks which are very difficult to def delegate unless you understand how to do them. So what I mean by that is like, we, we don't delegate cleaning, we don't delegate email and customer service and payment issues. We handle a lot of that stuff ourselves but then we try to delegate social media and programming and sales to other people and unless we get people that are really experienced and really good in those areas what happens is they do a poor job and then we end up spending more time with them to try to train them on it and we don't really know what we're doing so we end up kind of wasting a lot of money of trying to pay someone to do a task that neither one of you understand we don't understand that the person that we're hiring to do it doesn't understand it so basically my advice is that just delegate the stuff that's the most simple the most repetitive like cleaning like email like customer service and then the stuff like social media or sales or whatever stuff like that that requires a little bit more creativity a little bit more entrepreneurial mindset to kind of learn and attack those things handle those yourself until you have a good enough understanding and can train someone else how to do those things the second thing I thought of was kind of in, in regards to that is programming. So if I were to do programming again today for myself and we were starting from scratch, I would likely go and outsource it right from day one. And I would recommend that if programming isn't like your absolute favorite thing in the business, if you don't love doing it and look forward to doing it and love spending hours on it, then I would outsource it from the beginning. I would utilize something like a comp train or an NC fit or, or one of these other third-party services out there that provide workouts and lesson plans and they can provide it at least a week in advance to you. And then all that extra time that you gain back from not having to spend on programming, use that on sales, use that on marketing, use that on building relationships with your members where you're gonna get a much more, much better value for your time. Right, because I think programming is one of those things that once you sort of establish a flow to it, then you have to kind of hold yourself to that. So it's it's more difficult to switch to a comp trainer NC Fit once you've been in business for a year or two than it is to just start with it from the beginning. So I would recommend if programming isn't the thing you love most about your business and it doesn't bring you a ton of joy, then outsource that from the beginning. And then that leads me kind of in the next um, point, the next uh, topic, which is. I would only buy equipment that we can easily use in classes of 20 plus, and I would only buy equipment that lines up with the programming that I'm gonna be using, I'm gonna be outsourcing with. So if I'm gonna do ComTrain, I'm gonna look at their last two months of workouts and I'm only gonna buy equipment 
that they program regularly and the one-off stuff like the rec bags and the random stuff that they might program i'm not going to buy that stuff right away i'm going to i'm just going to define okay when this stuff shows up we're going to do this instead and just define that in advance so that way you're not trying to buy all this miscellaneous equipment that you're going to use once twice a month and is going to be very difficult to use once your classes get bigger so I would not buy a single GHD, I wouldn't buy any jerk blocks, any sleds, no expensive one-off equipment at all because floor space is the premium. Once your classes start to grow, you're going to realize for each thing that you buy, that random thing, it's not just the cost of that thing, but it's the floor space you give up to store it and, and let people use it, right? Um, so with a cardio equipment, I would just buy rowers right off the bat. Um, unless I had a huge budget to work with, I would only buy rowers, no skiers, no bikes, um, not even, not even like maybe one bike just for the person who can't run. But besides that, it would be just rowers just so I can buy enough of those to use them in bigger classes. And then I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't bother. I would just replace bikes and skiers when they show up in certain workouts. Um, something I thought of with our beach fit program specifically, if I was rebuying for that, I would buy the uh, torpedo dumbbells and kettlebells. It's a combo um, piece of equipment that you can use as both a dumbbell and a kettlebell. And I wouldn't buy any kettlebells or any dumbbells. I would just buy those torpedoes. Um, and then just th one thought I had on equipment is, I think if you're, for each piece of equipment that you don't need, I'd rather, you see, rather see you spend that money on things that are gonna improve the aesthetics and the cleanliness of the gym rather than the equipment stuff. Most people don't care about the equipment. You know, you have a few experienced CrossFitters that care about the equipment, but your bread and butter clients gonna they're gonna stay with you and sign up to be a member at your gym because of the feeling they get when they walk in, right? It's that first time experience that's so important. So I would put money into a nice seating area at the front or a nice front desk area at the front or painting the walls really nice. Like do something that's going to improve that first impression and get you more sales rather than the equipment. The equipment's not that important. I have two more for you guys. So these are gonna be a little bit quicker. The fourth one, and this is probably gonna be one that most of you guys probably wouldn't expect, but I would probably not use the CrossFit name um, and probably wouldn't expect that because we have it clearly in our name right now, CrossFit Palm Beach, um, but I would still be a CrossFit affiliate. So. I would, I would uh, affiliate, I'd pay the fee, I would just create a brand that didn't need it, right? The same way that CrossFit Invictus is now Invictus Fitness, or uh, NorCal, CrossFit NorCal is now NC Fit, I would just start there from the beginning. Um, I think it's far less intimidating to the average person to not see CrossFit in the name. I think it gives you a lot more flexibility to evolve your business over time if you ever want to be a little less CrossFit-y or whatever it might be. Um, I think it gives your brand more long-term brand value to potentially create more locations or even franchise, whatever it might be. And then I think you're still gonna attract plenty of drop-ins and experienced CrossFitters by being able to offer CrossFit classes and um, you know being a CrossFit affiliate, being on that affiliate finders map. And then the last thing is I would utilize your calendar and create a routine and deadlines for yourself. Okay, so use an online calendar. I personally use Google Calendar, so I'd recommend that. But I would treat your business as if you already had a ton of deadlines 
and create those deadlines for yourself. So I would set specific days and times that you do certain things, right? And then get them into your calendar so you can see them and adhere to them, okay? And that could be things like training. Getting your own training into, your, into the calendar is so important because you, one, are gonna need that to be sane, but then two, you never wanna be that out of shape gym owner that's trying to sell other people on why they need to do this to be successful. So like I would have every Monday from 10 a.m. to noon, I'm gonna set the social media calendar for the week. Uh, every Wednesday for two hours, I'm gonna visit local businesses. Every Friday, I'm gonna have the programming finalized and I'm gonna email it out to my business partner or my, my other coach that I have, right? By having these mini deadlines and the schedule built in, you're going to prevent a lot of unimportant tasks from showing up and taking up your time unnecessarily because we could have a, a fully open week, but as business owners, there's always gonna be those those random calls or meetings that show up. So this is going to allow you to prioritize your time on those most important things so they don't leak into the weekend, right? Because you need to keep your weekends somewhat free, enough free so you can keep your sanity, recover a little bit and hit it hard that following week, okay? So those are my uh, eight tips, my three from the Facebook group and then the five that I've thought of uh, since then. I hope this helps you guys and I'll talk to you soon.